0: We're so glad you've joined us for another episode of the Church for the Rest of Us podcast. Leslie Bennett, our communications director at Family Church, and I are here again to do another interview about how we believe that churches and ministries can partner to do more together than any of us could do on our own.
1: That's right, Jimmy. And today in the studio with us, we have two people who I think in my estimation have done more than any two people I know to help churches work together. Um, I know that you have great admiration for them, Pastor Jimmy, like I do.
0: No doubt about it. In fact, I don't even know where I would be or where our church would be without their friendship. We have in the studio with us today, uh, Pastors Todd and Julie Mullins from Christ Fellowship Church here in Palm Beach. They pastor Christ Fellowship Church together. It's a non-denominational church that is literally on every list of the largest churches in America. And so, yeah, and so a lot of pastors in churches, Leslie, have a difficulty with that but Todd and Julie have created a, an environment for relationship with pastors at other churches in our community where the sense of rivalry or somebody like dominating the scene just doesn't really exist. And so before we get into that, Todd and Julie, why don't
2: you guys just talk a little bit about your family how you met Christ Fellowship? Damn. Just give us a little background. For yeah. that. Absolutely. Well, guys, we are so excited to be here with you today. Truly an honor to be here. Julie and I are seventh grade sweethearts. Sweetheart. Whoa! <laughs> seventh so met graders in,
3: youth group in seventh grade.
2: Met in youth group at seventh grade, and uh, it was love at first sight for Julie. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, we've, we've a great journey of just growing up in church and loving church so much. But our church, you mentioned it was one of the largest. Whatever it didn't start out that way. It's Started off very one of the smallest in America. Smallest in America for a (laughs) long (laughs) long time. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. My dad was a football coach, didn't even want to be a pastor. This Bible study started in our home when I was in high school. And he felt like the Lord told him to quit his job, uh, coaching and athletic director of a a college and pass and coach these people. And so the church stayed small, 20, 30, 40 people, 50 people for the longest time. I mean, after seven years in a school. Wow. Cafetorium. Yeah, is that even a word? It's not a word. Yeah. Like, I don't think anybody <laughs> uses yeah, it anymore. Uses anymore. Part cafeteria, <laughs> oh, yeah. part auditorium. Yeah. <laughs> smelt, like, <yeah. laughs> smelt like spoiled milk is what it smelt, smelt like every week. But we were 70 people- after seven years, yeah. counting everybody, counting On kids, fire. Yeah. counting pregnant people two times. <laughs> right. I mean, if you
1: look pregnant, <laughs> yeah. we counted you twice.
2: I mean, it was, yeah. uh, but the church grew as we got into an old barn and began to just love people right at their point of need. And there was no desire to ever become a big church, it was just a desire to honor God and love people and preach and share the word of God and the message of God with people and that's really uh, been the story of where it's taken off from
3: yeah I think that from the very beginning that your mom and dad when they started the church that one of our mantras was that we were to be faithful in small things that if we could be trusted with a little that God could trust us with much and that's just been so core you know to who to who we were and who we've become and right. and it's just been amazing to be on the journey I was a 19 year old college student when the church first started and you and, were the
2: only young adult
3: yeah I was Todd and I weren't dating <laughs> We, were, we, we, dated, we say all the time we dated off and on all the way through high school and college. It was definitely more off than on. Okay. Unfortunately, I, th- I
2: thought it was more on. So yeah. <laughs> we,
3: were, we were in a very extended off season. And I was the singles ministry, you know, in the church. And and I remember, you know, I was passionate about student ministries because I was saved radically in student ministries. And I was passionate about kids because I really believed in, you know, that I could invest in the next generation. I was passionate about worship. I had no shortage of passion, but I had an extreme shortage of wisdom and vision. And so so somehow God allowed me to plant myself next to amazing leaders, Todd's mom and dad, and just I just kept showing up, and and that was kind of how my start in ministry, and and then our start together. So that was you know they just really helped us to know in the very early stages that that even though this is small, we're going to give our best. You know we're mm-hmm. going to it was 70 people, and we had a Christmas musical. I mean we rehearsed as if it was you know, the, the main Broadway. Travis Center Broadway presentation. <laughs> yeah. But you know there was just that that we knew from the very beginning that you know. Our excellence would increase our influence. And there were just so many foundational things at that stage, I think, that laid a foundation for where we are today.
0: All right. So now, this isn't what this podcast is about, but I want to know, like, when did you get back on again? Oh,
1: gosh. <laughs> this is... Yeah, this this well, could be a long this story. This is funny. Uh, yeah.
2: Okay. Okay. So I came home from college on an extended Christmas break all and the way we to
3: we, we were on an off, 18-month off-season. And so we
2: started we hanging did, well, out. first of all... Huh?
3: First of all, when Tom and I stayed faithful... To Todd, my entire wow. freshman year of college. Wow. I was still in high school. I went away. She's an older woman. I'm an older woman. <laughs> yes. I stayed wow. faithful, Every man's did not fantasy. date. Yes. <laughs> and
2: didn't so then. Date, when, didn't
3: date anyone because we, we released were, each other. Well,
2: ah. When I went off to college, I came to her and said, I think we just need to seek God's release, will. Release ah. each other to find God's so, will. So we were in that off season, came home, started hanging out. And I'm realizing since we had dated on and off, mostly on, all through high school, I just realized we didn't need to date again. So I went out and bought a ring without even talking talking to her, picked her up from work, took her to dinner, and just began reminiscing about our relationship mm-hmm. and got down on one knee Yeah. and asked her to... And no, we weren't dating. At the end and, of the
3: night, I'm And going just got down on night? one knee
2: and said, will you marry me? And ladies, let me just say, if you're not married and you're listening to this podcast, <laughs> when a guy gets up enough courage to actually go buy a ring, <laughs> take you out to dinner and yeah. get down on one knee, the first words that come out of your mouth... Those are really important words. So I would important say, so, words. Like they shouldn't be. Her <laughs> no first words were "no way." <laughs> no way. What? You're, oh, kidding. you're kidding. I'm like, is that a "no no way" or a <laughs> yeah. "wow no way"? You know. So anyway, it was a "wow no way." So uh. <laughs> all right. So it what was, roles so, have you guys it played? It
1: was a "no way yes no way." Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it like initial shock.
2: All right. So I wish everybody could see
0: Leslie, Todd, and Julie together because they always lean into each other. They're always smiling. They're always like touching each other all the time, and it makes it super fun to be around And My wife and I love being with you guys for that same reason because you just It's just real. And so we're very grateful for that.
1: It's super incredible. I love that story of how Christ Fellowship started and who you are now, because we really do want to talk about who you are now. I mean, we're on the receiving end. Maybe you guys don't know it, but we get so much encouragement from your team. So we know that you have a culture of generosity and encouragement because it just spills over. And we can call your team, and they will come, and they will help us. They will do anything for us. And so how do you foster that?
2: I think the fact that we were a small church for so long mm-hmm. and then a medium-sized church for so long, mm-hmm. that, and we've been in about every role there is. Like I was the lead janitor, I organized the clean <laughs> crew, the youth guy, the worship guy. Julie's done children. She helped clean the buildings with me. We've done it all. So we value every role in the church and what everybody's doing to build church. And so no matter where you are, no matter what role you play, you are a vital part of carrying the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Like We'll stop by and tell the kids workers that are volunteering, what you're doing this weekend is just as important as what I'm doing, preaching the word or what someone else is doing, leading music or whatever. It's all a part about building church. So I think that spirit of just Honoring and loving everyone, not just honoring up, but honoring across every, every person, no matter what they're doing, mm-hmm. that has been a part of the foundation of just um, loving the body of Christ and knowing that we really believe that, the, as, as many people said before, that the local church is the hope for the world mm-hmm. because the local church is the body of Christ. And we know that Jesus is the hope for the world. So uh, it's that expression. So if we can do something to help another church Get stronger. If we can help another church go from twenty kids in the youth group to forty kids in the youth group, wow! We're helping to build the kingdom and expand. Yeah. So our youth team goes, "How can I help that other church get where they're wanting to go?" Yeah, okay.
3: yeah. There I think done. I think too that when you realize, and and Pastor Jimmy, I know that you you see this the same way, is that we're not just called to pastor churches. You know, we're we're, we're called. To pastor a region, you know, that when we drive down the streets of, you know, Palm Beach County or Riviera Beach or, you know, West Palm Beach, that, that these are the people that God wants to redeem and save. And so when you, when you think about the fact that, you know, that it's not just the people that walk through our doors every week, but it's the people that, That when we drive down the street and we, we look into, you know, look at their homes and, and we think about all that they're going through, we see the brokenness of our region that we realize there's no way that we're going to be able to reach these people on our own. Mm -hmm. There's no way that, that we're going to reach every family. And so we have such a passion to see people that are far from God come to know Jesus. And yet we know they're not all going to walk through the doors of our church. So why wouldn't we, you know, why wouldn't we be generous to other churches that are on the same mission that are doing the same thing. And and we just serve such a generous God. And I think that for our church, we saw firsthand how when people gave sacrificially and generously through the years that that God just blesses that. Mm -hmm. And I think personally for us, we've Heard the voice of God the most, you know, when, when we've actually been in a position to be able to give something to someone else, you know, when, mm-hmm. when you pray and ask God, I mean, he, he, he is so generous. He speaks he, his language is generosity. Yeah. So he's always prompting us to give and, and there's just no greater blessing than to be able to be a part of extending, you know, being an extension, a reflection of his generosity.
2: And one of our core values at our church is live to give. We live Mm -hmm. to give. We Mm -hmm. live to make a difference for eternity. So that live to give means stewarding our lives, which is everything about it, for the things that matter most Mm -hmm. in life. And so we We try to train that into our staff, but also into our congregation. So, our congregation is thinking outwardly, thinking about the needs around them. And so, um, and we know that we, that doesn't just pertain to maybe the brokenness of community and some single mom that needs help. It is that, but it's also what are the needs around me? What, Mm -hmm. what, what does another church need? What does another family need? How can we, how can we bless? How can Mm -hmm. we, we've been blessed to be a blessing. So, we try to teach that and Mm -hmm. spread that among our team so we can do that.
0: And it's so powerful. And I would just say, I've never seen anything like it. I've been around a lot of big churches and great churches and great leaders. I've just never actually seen, Leslie, leaders of an organization this big and with this much horsepower, focus so intentionally on what they can give away. If you ask Christ Fellowship for anything, if you ask them for curriculum, if you ask them for videos, if you ask them for advice yep. and it's not just Todd and Julie. Done it, done any it, member, yeah, I know, exactly. <laughs> any member at any level of their staff will respond and they don't have to go ask permission. Like they don't start giving you, oh my gosh, I don't know if I can help you because I gotta right. they yeah. start going abs- their answer is yes and and I, I'm just
2: you have trained that, so I, like that,
0: <laughs> well, that did not. Yeah, do you train well, that? <laughs>
1: some,
2: well, some a funny story. I was coming into work one day, and I, I was walking up, and there was a a van that had pulled up to the back door <laughs> of the taking stuff, up. and they were loading yeah. all our children's stuff in their van. I didn't recognize who it was, so I was like, "Hey, can it, was I, in the, it was early. It was early yeah, in the yeah. morning. And I'm like, "Hey, can I can I help you?" And they then they said they were from such and such church, and that our children's team was giving them all this. Uh, staging and stuff that we weren't using anymore. So I was like, okay, great, awesome, you can help, you know. But that's pretty typical. Just like if we got it and it can help the kingdom, let, why not help the kingdom? Why do, Why would we hold on to it? Yeah. Um, and if you can borrow it, mm-hmm. some churches even say, hey, can we borrow a drummer? Can we borrow a worship ring for this weekend? Well, why wouldn't we do that? Mm-hmm. I mean, we want their churches to flourish. So yeah. I think trying to model it uh, has been how we've trained it.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, you know, definitely as we've grown, trying to build a culture, build that culture of generosity. And
2: and, and I think we remember when we were so small and needy, other churches helped us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that just, mm-hmm. we remembered how it breathed life into us when yeah. we were 70 and 80 mm-hmm. strong. Mm-hmm. They, they, they gave us stuff. They spoke words of encouragement. They brought us along to their conferences and didn't make us pay. And we were like, this is awesome. So yeah. we're like, we need to do that. Yeah.
1: Right? Yeah. All
2: right. So one of the tangible ways that you actually encourage
0: other churches and pastors is through an organization that you helped to start in South Florida called Church United. And Family Church gets to be a part of that, and we benefit from that. In fact, right before we recorded this podcast, we just came from a big mm-hmm. meeting of Church United. All the pastors and yep. gospel churches in our county have been invited and many of their leadership teams were here. Talk a little bit about your vision for Church United and why you have made this a priority for yourself,
2: for your schedule, and for for Christ Fellowship. Absolutely. I love what God is doing through Church United, but I do have to say, Jimmy, as I said in the meeting, it actually started because <laughs> of your church. Our uh, Family church is <laughs> actually at the root. Yeah, Before you got here, uh, before there was, in a season where there wasn't a senior pastor, one of your pastors called us and said, can we just bring our staff up to your weekly staff meeting and just hang out? We need some encouragement. And at the time, my dad was a senior pastor. He said, absolutely. Come on up and hang out for lunch and we'll buy you lunch. And So there was just this building of unity among our two churches, and then another church heard about it and said, well, can, can we come? And they were like, yeah, come on. And another church... And so we began to just formalize those relationships. And at the time, it was just for you know mutual encouragement and prayer and believing God for work in our region. Uh, as it's grown, it's taken a little bit more shape and form to actually say, what can we do together that not one of our churches could do on their own, mm-hmm. regardless of how big your church gets, there's something that we can do together that none of us can do on our own. And I look directly to the gospel of John chapter 17, where Jesus was in the garden praying for his disciples and for those that would hear because of their testimony, which would be us. And he said, may they be one father. As I am in you and you are in me, may may they be one so that the world may believe Mm -hmm. that you sent me. And I believe there is such power in the unity of the body of Christ that will speak so beautifully to the world of who Jesus really is. That's why we, man, we want to give ourselves to anything we can do to help build up the Mm -hmm.
3: church of
2: Jesus. So that's that's church united. All right. So uh, Leslie, we benefit from that all the
0: time. And we've actually pulled in some other churches into Church United. You guys have pulled a whole bunch in. Talk about how it is because you, uh, all right, you have been raised up, as far as I'm concerned. And I talk about this all the time. You have been raised up. Your family has been raised up. Your church has been raised up in our region to be kind of the face of evangelical Christianity in our region. Now, you're not the only expression of the body, but 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 you're a very important and significant expression of the body of Jesus in our region. How does that feel and what kind of responsibility do you feel as you carry that burden?
3: Yeah, I think that I mean, it goes back to again. We we don't feel just called the pastor church; it's called to pastor region. And so, as so many of the pastors do, um, in Church United, and we do feel that responsibility because we we've been planted here. I've lived here my entire life. I was born five minutes from where we're sitting right now, and to watch you know, not only the geography and the topography change in this region, but then even just the spiritual you know geography that I remember being a teenager, and there were very few thriving churches there wasn't mm-hmm. a Christ fellowship there wasn't a family church as we know it today and and several other churches journey church great churches in the region but we feel a responsibility for the lostness of our community and knowing that God has you know I, and I, I really think it's just we we just kept showing up you know when I look back at when we were from schoolhouse till now you know I know in in, in my own Life and in, in the life of our church, I just think that we decided to be faithful, and you know, and and just keep showing up and stay planted, and to keep the work going. And I think that um, God's honored that longevity as He has in many of the churches, and and with that longevity, and with that comes a, an increased burden year after mm-hmm. year to to be able to see to see the work finished that God has started yeah. in this area. And so we know again that it's never going to be done with one church, and so we need to do whatever we can to strengthen and build up what God is wanting to do in this region.
2: And I I would just add to that, babe, that's so beautiful, is that one of the things that keeps us focused is we're not impressed with how many people we have on the weekends. We're not impressed with how the number of our campuses, the number that... is impressed on us mm-hmm. is the 1.4 mm-hmm. million people there in a region that don't yeah. know Jesus, mm-hmm. and that yeah. that number mm-hmm. is what keeps us yeah. awake. That number is what drives us to reach mm-hmm. one more pe- one more person mm-hmm. with the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so, I think just the responsibility of that not the it's a burden, but not in a bad way. It's like mm-hmm. a good burden. Yeah. Right. It's yeah. the yeah. kind of burden you yeah. want to have. Yeah. 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 loss to sure. carry the gospel to people. So that's what drives us, Jimmy, really to just keep. Doing what we're doing, being what we're doing, we we <laughs> we've we made more mistakes than anybody listening to this podcast. We oh, yeah. we can sit here and tell you all the things we did wrong through the years, and, and we don't let that slow us down or stop us, or we don't focus on that. We're just focused on the on the vision that God's given us to uh, see the name of Jesus exalted Mm -hmm. over this region.
1: I love what you're saying, because in both instances, whether it be Christ Fellowship or Church United, it's being faithful when something is small and it's just a few people and letting God grow it and do something with it. And you cast vision this morning, Pastor Todd, for... Church United and our three goals. I can't, I didn't memorize them automatically. Hopefully, you remember faith, them. Hope and love, I know that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Impacting faith. We want to see the number Impacting of faith. followers of Jesus Christ uh, double in our region. Uh, giving hope to the next generation and then sharing love with yeah. people that are broken and hurting. So, That's those so three, three legs of yeah. what we're trying to do yeah. together.
0: Yeah. All right. So, let me ask you this in every town, no matter big or small, there are big churches and there are smaller churches. So, a lot of the leaders that listen to our podcast. They may feel like their church is smaller than Christ Fellowship or maybe Mm -hmm. smaller than Family Church, but it's larger perhaps than some other churches around them. How can a
2: larger church think strategically about how they can strengthen mm-hmm. some other churches around them? I would say just start by building relationships. I mean, just reach out. And my dad modeled that so well he for does. me. He yeah. still, still does, does. Yeah. yeah. He reaches out. He, I, he probably reached out to you when you were first in town and said, come he on, Jimmy. He called
0: me on the phone when I they offered me the job.
2: Okay. I remember sitting
0: on the side of a road in Tennessee talking to your dad on the phone. I was like, who is this guy? <laughs> <laughs> I'm
2: Todd They call me coach. I'm like, wow. <laughs> so I think just, if, I would encourage to your listeners, man. Even if you're not the biggest church in your region, you can still reach out, build relationships with other churches. Just start, start there. With take them to lunch, take them to coffee, and let them know that you value them as a leader, as a brother in Christ. Mm-hmm. And then ask how you can pray for them. Ask if there's anything they need. I mean, out of the meeting we just came in, we out of we just mentioned to the group of guys, hey, listen, there may be something you need yeah. that one of us have and why wouldn't we want to give it to you mm-hmm. like you might right. need a, a a drum set you might need an extra sound system you might need some chairs and we've got it sitting in a storage room so find those like just simple little ways that you can help somebody out and a lot of time it's come by just sharing me sharing some of the our own problems that we're dealing mm-hmm. with and asking the other person how did you solve that how are you and, and it and it just kind of lowers the barrier because yeah. we all got stuff that we're working on yeah. Would you add anything to that, Jill? Yeah,
3: I would just say, you know, that um, one of the biggest blessings for us personally has just been the relationship yep. in Church United. I mean, these these guys are, and girls are just some of our dearest friends yep. now, because ministry is hard, mm-hmm. and it could get lonely, and, you know, there are challenges. There's a spiritual battle that we're all engaging in, and just to get, like, some of the texts that I get every once in a while, you know, of just, you know, we're thankful for you, keep going on, and I just think that those kinds of, um, that encouragement is just so important. And so vital, and I think that I think we underestimate because, you know, the the scripture says that we're to find ways to encourage each other, mm-hmm. and that word "encourage" means to give courage. And I think that a lot of people in ministry, especially in in some smaller churches, we remember we yeah. spent courage every day, you know, right. just getting through the day. <laughs> and when you spend courage, it's easy to come up empty. And so, just as you can't really ever underestimate a word of encouragement, an anointed word of encouragement over somebody else's, you know, ministry. And in their life, and so I think that's just a huge part. And the other thing is, I think too, Todd, is that one of the things we tried to do was that there are times when we do a, a mission outreach, and we try to take our name off, you know, and put Church United's name on, or just put you know a couple churches' name, or just don't put any name at all, you know, yeah. and yeah. invite someone. You know, you, that there might be a, a mission effort. Casey from Avenue Church was talking about a missions effort for single moms, and we don't have anything like that. And I just thought, I hope he lets us be a part of that. Right, because, right. You know, I want to, I want to help. So cool, I mean, I know. you know, we're not going to be able to buy a building like that, but we can certainly support that. And so I think inviting people in to be a part of what you may already be doing to allow them, you know, Mm -hmm. some of the blessing of generosity along with you. Mm
0: -hmm. All right. So we have uh, people that are listening right now and I guarantee you they're like, oh my gosh, I love what I'm hearing. I would love to be a part of something like that. But in our region, in our town, in our city, there's nothing like that. If somebody's at an absolute zero in terms of, pulling churches together and teaming up, even beyond uh, what would be the normal denominational tribe. If they're at a zero and they want to go to a one or a two Mm -hmm. on a
2: scale of one to 10, how how could they get started? What do you recommend they actually just try to do? Well, we've actually had a couple churches from different cities that have come into our Church United on times when we were having Church United Mm -hmm. gatherings, and they got to see it firsthand. Oh, they got a vision of what this could be. And I don't know about you, Jimmy, but there's been times where I've needed to get out of my city to go see what another ministry's doing to get a vision of what could, oh, that's what that could look like. So, I would just invite anybody that's really got a burden to try to start something like this, just come on down to South Florida and uh, come, to, come to the next time we're having our, our gathering and see it. We've also made everything really transferable. So, there's been a, a group of churches that have come down and they're like, we want to do this. And so, we were able to take a, one of the lead guys that helps organize what we're doing and give them our information. It's not overly structured. It's not, it's not, it's not what it is mostly relationship, but there's a little bit of organizational structure to it. But we'll share what we have. We'll share right. it. We'll give them everything we've got. And they can yeah. go back and they can start that. And other guys have done that. So uh, the guy right now that's directing for us, Church United South Florida, his name is Eddie Copeland. And his email address, I'll give it to you if you're taking this down, is ecopeland, E-C-O-P-E-L-A-N-D, Copeland at ncfgiving.com.
1: Excellent. And there you yeah. go. So
2: if you want to get started, you're invited to come visit with us
0: You're invited to email Eddie and contact him and he can maybe help you get the ball rolling in your city or your region. So Todd and Julie, I just want to express to you from the bottom of my heart and from Family Church, our gratefulness to you and the Christ Fellowship and just the joy we all take in being a part of Church United (laughs) together and the friendships that we all share and the love that we share for one another. And I can tell you that I'm a better man. I'm a better husband. I'm a better dad. I'm a better pastor because of my friendship with you. And thank you for your investment in all of us. Hope that our listeners will consider how you might reach out to another pastor in your area. Form a friendship, make a friend, and start to think about how you might come together to be the capital C Church. I'm convinced that our unity is key to advancing the gospel all across America. Thank you so much for joining us on today's podcast. I'd love for you to follow me on Twitter at Jimmy Scroggins, or check out familychurchnetwork.com to chime in on our blog. We want your feedback on today's podcast. Plus, we want to know what you are doing because we want to learn from you too. Hey, until next time, this is Jimmy Scroggins and you've been listening to Church for the Rest of Us.